Welcome to the Journey of a Christian Dad podcast. I'm your host, Dan Lewis. Who is the spiritual leader of your family? Is it you, your pastor, your spouse, the media? Do you know? I did. And sadly, no one was taking responsibility to lead our family. Well, friends, someone needs to take that job, and that man is you. You may not feel qualified, and some days I don't. With the help of God and a community of dads helping each other on their journey, you can be the leader your family deserves. We welcome you to the Journey of the Christian Dad podcast. All right, guys, welcome back once again. We've got another great guest. God just keeps blessing us over and over. But before we get to Brian... Let us do the Apple Podcast Review of the Week. So this one is titled, Helping Me Raise a Godly Daughter. So this one comes from CMAC in TR, wherever TR is. So thank you, CMAC. So TMAC's five stars. Always nice to get a five star. So thank you, Dan. I strive daily to develop a stronger relationship with God. I also strive to develop a stronger relationship with my family. Your podcast provides helpful tips and topics to help me be the man, husband, and father God made me to be. Thank you so much, CMAC. Love getting these reviews and uh, always looking to be a light for other guys. And in the meantime, guys challenge me all the time. So appreciate you all challenging each other and being a part of this community and uh, listening to the podcast. So with that said, we've got Brian Veneri. I nailed it. You Did nailed it. Right. it <laughs> on with us today so he is a counselor he's a man of god he him and his wife stephanie are just a force and they've got two children 14 year old daughter named kylie 12 year old son named joshua so he's right in the middle of it with us a little bit in front of me so i'm excited to hear from him with any words of wisdom he's got about raising daughters and and sons but especially on the daughter side with how challenging I imagine life can be with a teenage daughter. So we shall see. So he's got all kinds of fantastic things going, but uh, I'll, I'll feature lifestyleonline.com, uh, kind of a fit lifestyle and a healthy way, way of life. So fit mind, fit body, and fit spirit. So that was kind of uh, my fraternities, three things that we focused on. That was the core values. And way back then I thought, uh, you know, maybe the fit body maybe made sense but I was too busy studying and partying to focus on the rest of it. So the, the mind wasn't all that important either, but looking back and reflecting, yeah, those three things are incredibly important. So I'm glad, glad you bring those to the mix. Welcome to the journey of a Christian dad. Well, thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me on. Uh, so excited after, after multiple months of us going back and forth and uh, attempting to find a time and, and finally here we are. So I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited to have you. So you've got so much wisdom and you're just, I love the way you lead your life with intentionality. And I know you weren't always perfect uh, outside looking in and the time I've known you, I've pictured you as kind of always having a perfect life. (laughs) Yeah, that that's humorous there, but uh, we probably would have hung out together in college with your little quick sentence there about (laughs) partying. So uh, yeah, I have come a long way. The Lord has brought me a long way over the last 30 years. Um, and I'm very thankful for that. So, but, uh, growing up in small town America where I didn't really have any, any connection from a standpoint of spiritually that, that was 
deep and, and meaningful going off to college. I don't recommend going off to college with a lack of direction spiritually. Um, so first and foremost, I hope what I achieve and I believe I'm doing so is that my kids will have a spiritual mindset going into uh, their college years. And, and uh, those are coming up pretty quick with a 14 year old. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I spent, I spent a bunch of years kind of to your point on, on uh, parenting, I spent a bunch of years leading youth camps. And so early on building my practice, I started with, you know, it, it was easy. I mean, teenagers always need help. Right. So it was easy for me to build my practice with, with teenagers. And uh, I'd always tell the parents, I say, okay, you're coming to me. I don't have a teenager. I'm happy to, to give you some book knowledge and, and help you, uh, you know, with communication and all these other things. But I might be calling you when I have a teenager because uh, I know it's totally different going through it than it is, uh, you know, being on on the the counselor end of things and being able to provide the positivity or the direction and things of that nature. So we're one year in being a teen parents. So far, so good. Our, our daughter Kylie is awesome. We call her our joy child. So uh, that gives you a little. Uh, little insight to, she brings a lot of joy to our life and a lot of joy to her friend's life. So, so far I'm, uh, I'm praying that, uh, that the rest of her high school years will be this way, but, uh, so far, good grades, good behavior. Uh, I'm liking where we're going. All right. All right. <laughs> so you, you let out that way. So what, what do you think played into that? What are, what are some key things? I really, from a standpoint of, I'm, I'm very thankful that, that I gave my life to the Lord before I got married for one. And I, I got to this point in time in, in 1998 was a pivotal year for me. I was 28 years old and I had not uh, ventured down the, uh, the path of marriage. And I, I really started to examine where I came from and some of the things that, that went on early in my childhood. Uh, you know, I love my parents to death. My dad has, has since gone and, and he's with the Lord, but uh, my, and my mom has dementia. She's about two years into that journey. And, and uh, so the landscape of, of parents are, is much different um, right now for me, but uh, they were, they were present. They did a lot of things right. And uh, there was a lot of things that our family dynamic did not have in it that I started to see that would have been very beneficial. So the quick answer to your question is if I examine where I came from and what I believe that I'm lacking in, and I work through the emotional trauma, through the, the things that took place in my life, that's just naturally going to put me in a better place of guiding my own children. Here's a, here's a theory for you. I believe that when, when our kids reach the age of our own emotional traumas, we have an opportunity to either guide them through that in a healthy way, if we've already dealt with our own emotional traumas. If we have not, then we're going to struggle because we don't know how to get them past that age emotionally. Does that make sense? Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. And so I, I see that reoccurring over and over and over in my office. I can't tell you how many times that I've had either a mom and a daughter or a dad and a son in my office and I'll hear the dad describing or the mom describing what's going on in their child's life. And I'll, I'll just, you know, the Lord will prompt me and I'm just, I'll say, when, how old were you when, when your dad left? 
you know, or how old were you when, when your parents divorced or how old were you when you were experiencing some sort of a emotional trauma? Nine times out of 10, they'll say the same age as the child that's sitting next to them in the office. And uh, I just, I really believe that's part of God's bigger plan to refine us as parents, specifically as we're speaking as, as dads. He's going he's gonna to put this mirror, this reflective mirror up in front of us that allows us to be able to see into what it is that he wants us to grow in and grow past. So then we can successfully steward our children past that point. I like that point. I like that point. If, so, we, don't, if we don't grow ourselves and we mm-hmm. don't work through things, we're, we're stunted. We're, we're stopped. Yeah, absolutely. And that's not only with our parenting, that's in our marriage also. You know, I know we, we briefly touched on the other day when we were having a conversation that, you know, the, the, uh, the health of our parenting is going to be reflective of the health of our marriage. I think you can probably attest to this. I know I definitely can. My kids don't always do what I tell them to do, but they'll always do what I do. You know, yes. that behavior, that behavior gets caught. And uh, against my, my desires, sometimes I just see a little reflection of me and I'm like, oh man, I, that's, that's an area I need to grow in. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I'm laughing. I'm just reflecting on the past weekend. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's yeah. some things we ask or told to do and uh, it got some resistance. Yeah. Yeah. Especially during the holidays too. It's, you know, and not to mention just kind of the crazy our culture has been over the last uh, year and a half. There's a lot of new dynamics that are entering into people's homes right now. So, so mentioned marriage. So here's one that I keep hearing over and over and over again, guys, for whatever reason, think it's their job and duty to keep their wife happy. Hmm. Can you talk into that a little bit? I can talk into that a lot because that I hear that all the time. Also, let me, let me break it down this way. So I believe that, that God gives us four areas that are crucial for us to really, to really capture and embrace for ourselves. And those four areas are identity, purpose, security, and acceptance. Identity, purpose, security, acceptance. Now, these, these four areas are areas that most of us, whether, whether I'm speaking to men or in the case of women or, or anyone, we have attempted to fulfill those four in something outside of us. For example, uh, a big issue that I see from a standpoint of marriage is, okay, our kids are now grown, they're out of the house. My identity was as a mom or, you know, my, my, uh, my identity was as, you know, in my case, it could be my identity as a counselor or uh, my identity has been put in the things that I do and not put in who God created me to be. So identity is off, which then purpose is, is not fully known because if I don't know where who I am, I really don't know where I'm going um, for the most part. And then when we look at the security and acceptance, I cannot find my security outside of me. I cannot find my acceptance outside of me. Those four things are things that we've got to get in our relationship with Christ. So to answer your question, it's like, it's not my job to make my wife happy. I want to be pleasing to her and I want her to be happy. 
Um, so I can reinforce happiness with her, but I cannot make her happy. I can reinforce security to her. I can't be her security. I can reinforce acceptance to her. I cannot be her source of acceptance. And I think in our culture, it's real easy for us to come from a, a, a mindset of if, if it feels good, do it, you know, or if it, if it makes me happy, that's what I want to do. I, I hear it time and time again, multiple times a, a month where people are, are heading towards divorce court and it becomes this, well, I'm just not happy any longer. And, you know, it's, it, it's time. I want my, I want my wife to be happy. So I'm going to encourage her, you know, you go do whatever you go do you so you can be happy. And um, those are those are those are some of the plans of the enemy, I believe, that, that gets us tripped up because overall, let's look at what what is the plan of the enemy? His, his plan in John 10, 10 says it is to steal, kill and destroy. That's what he wants to do. But Jesus came to give us life and give it to the full or give it abundantly. So if the enemy can get to our marriage, he can get to our kids if he can get to our kids, he can get to their marriage. If he can get to their marriage, he can get to their kids. And, and we see this, this cycle generationally where the enemy's plan is to destroy. And that's all he wants to do. Um, and he'll do it through the subtleties of happiness, um, contentment, uh, and all of it. I, I believe, I believe the, the, the true pandemic right now um, and it and it has been for a long time. It didn't start when COVID started. Um, I believe that the true pandemic is we are living in an identity identity less culture. People don't know who they are. And when we start to to take steps in understanding who God created us to be, and we start taking action upon that, we start to grow into that identity piece. And it's not placed in something outside of us. It's placed in who God created us to be. So you do you so you can be happy. Yeah. So I hear this guys talking about this or, or doing that for their wives. Mm -hmm. I've given you everything, mm -hmm. time, freedom, money, freedom, mm -hmm. uh, uh, control your schedule, whatever. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that as a negative. Mm-hmm. I think there's some positives in it, but if I haven't given my, my wife and my kids the spiritual leadership that is needed for them to grow and to prosper in the way that scripture tells us, then I'm, I'm doing a disservice. So I can, I can say, you, you go, you don't have to work, you go do what you want to do, you go spend your time with your girlfriends, whatever it is you want. We can give all of that away. Well, they can take it. We're not really in charge of giving it. Um, we can provide to where the environment is that, uh, that, they can, that they can take action on that. But if we're not stepping in and leading the way that scripture tells us to lead, I mean, it's a tall order for us men, right? To um, uh, to be, be Christ like in our marriage and, and serve our wives as Christ loves the church, right? It's like, love them as he loved us. And, um, you know, ultimately when asked, it's like, what's, what's the greatest commandment? Well, it's love him and love others as we love ourselves. So, um, I, I believe when, when that gets out of line or out of order, um, then we, that's when we see the breakdown of the family. 
That's so funny. Just that short little bit you talked about there, uh, like Christ loved the church. So he died for the church mm -hmm. many, many, many times over, you know, mm -hmm. all these little, little things that he did to die to self. Mm -hmm. And people often, you know, bring things like that to me and they're like, Oh, what do you mean? You know, the, I don't, I don't agree with the husband being the leader of the house. I don't agree with that whole passage in scripture. I'm like, did you read it all? Right. 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 But yeah. That, you know, husbands shouldn't be telling their families what to do. Husbands shouldn't be dictating husbands. And I said, again, did you read it all? <laughs> well, and, and some of that is true because we don't want to be dictators, right? Yeah. It's like, it's like we, that's, that's not the type of leadership that, that Jesus talks about in scripture. For, for me to lead my son, as, as just said, it's like, I can tell him all the things I want to tell him that he needs to go and do, but if I'm not willing to do it, he's not going to follow, follow my path. Right. Um, so there's, there's a, um, there's a, a representation of authenticity, um, that comes with leadership that I believe our culture misses out on a lot. And um, I forget the author right now, but uh, there was a book um, that I read years ago. Um, yeah, I'm blanking on the author's name. It, the, the book was called Leadership from the Inside Out. And I read it probably 20, 20 maybe 22 years ago. And um, he had a definition of leadership. He said that leadership is authentic self-expression that creates value. And that just that stuck with me. I'm like, okay authentic self-expression. I'm going to, I'm going to express myself authentically because Christ is in me. I can then be authentic to others. And when that creates value to those around me, that's leadership. So if we put that in the context of marriage or parenting, it's like, I want to, I want to create value in my home. I want, I want my, my wife to um, feel like there's value in our home because of the actions that I take. I want my kids to, to believe that there's value when, when we have a conversation just as, as soon as last night that, uh, Hey, you said you were going to be here and you didn't go, you weren't there. You went somewhere else. And even though I, I found out that you were there, you didn't come to me and say, Hey, dad, change your plans. We're going to go this place instead of this place. Um, as a father that concerns me and, um, I want to make sure that you're safe. So I'm authentic, authentically expressing what's going on with me. It doesn't have to be punitive. It doesn't have to be you I told you this, this. um, she got the point that uh, I said, you know, it just, as being a steward of you, as, as God's put me in charge, you, me and mom in charge of you, I want you to be safe. And that's the reason that I come to you and, and have this, this issue with what went on last night. It's, it's a much different approach. I would have never had that uh, growing up as a child. For, for one, we would have never talked about it. It would have been part of that mound in the living room uh, underneath the rug, the, the big elephant in the middle of the room. Yeah. Part of that. Uh, that's the home I grew up in. So um, thankfully, I married a woman that grew up in a home that was very open and expressive. And um, she's helped bring me along that path of being more open and expressive in my own home. And um, so that's an example of, I didn't bring that leadership skill to the table. My wife did. 
is it okay for my wife to take the lead in some of those areas to help us get to where we need to go? Absolutely, right? Because it's not all about me, but I get to step in to what God is telling me and say, hey, I, I am convicted that we need to go this direction. And it's part of the hierarchy of, of the marriage to say, you know what? I'll trust that God's speaking to you and let's go that way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I also love the uh, love God, love your neighbor as mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times people miss out on the as yourself. 100%. 100%. And I like to run everything through that filter. Mm-hmm. So if I'm about to do something and maybe it doesn't feel quite right, whatever that is, or I'm uncomfortable with it or whatever. Hey, is this about loving God, honoring God? Is this about to love my neighbor? Or am I looking to harm my neighbor? Sure. And is this good for me? Is this about loving me? And sometimes it doesn't make it through the filter. And I go, well, wait, this, maybe I shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And not too many people I know run, run it through a filter like that before they take action or before they let something out of their mouth. Uh, today in the uh, Bible in a year that I'm doing, it talked about having the bit in the horse's mouth. Yeah. And whatever words you use lead you in directions. Mm-hmm. And I caught that today and I was like, okay, obviously the words that come out of your mouth, but also the words that are in your head, mm-hmm. you know, take captive your thoughts and transform. And I was like, oh man, this is so cool to, to think about that little bit in the horse's mouth, whatever direction you move it, that's the direction yeah. the horse goes. And kind of the same with us, our words take us directions. Mm-hmm. For sure. And to the um, you, you go be you or you go do you concept, um, if done in the right way, if I say, go, I'm going to go be me. And as long as the B is from him, great, do it all day long because, because it's going to be a, a healthy direction. But just because of what you just said there, people don't filter it. They filter it in the reverse. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go be me or do me, um, which means, you know, all of these different things that are actions that I'm taking. I'm not asking him if that's the right action. I'm just taking these actions. So therefore I believe those are right. And those are what I need to do. So I reverse engineer it where I'm um, going to self first and then others. And then lastly, I'm going to him. And we can't do it backwards, right? I mean, we get backwards results if we go backwards. So when it starts with him and I allow my thoughts to be held captive and my thoughts be his thoughts sort of thing, then my action is going to automatically um, produce a, a result that's desirable in my life. Did you and Stephanie like get married? She was, her life turned over to Christ Christian at the time he got married. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she grew up. She grew up in a um, private Christian school with a with a healthy connection uh, um, spiritually, and um, she had some turbulence in her teenage years with um, her folks getting divorced, which was which was really uh, <clears throat> a struggle point at about thirteen to fourteen years old. Ooh. And yeah, and, and that's that a was, brutal time for a, especially for a daughter, especially for a, a lady to have yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, part of out of that is where um, her half of the desire for marriage ministry that we've done. Um, she brings that perspective because my, my parents were together um, even though there was 
from my perspective, there's a lot of denial in their in their marriage. There, um, they stayed together for. My dad passed away just shy of their 60th anniversary. So, um, you know, they they had longevity, um, and um, so from from that standpoint one of the things that I prayed for when I gave my life to the Lord, cause I didn't know Stephanie at that time was, um, God, I really, I really want somebody who is spiritually minded. Um, you know, like, like how I'm doing, I'm growing in you Lord and, and bring me somebody that, that has a desire to grow, grow in you first and, um, and really, um, be able to step into, um, healthy living from a standpoint of, of, uh, spiritually. And uh, he gave me that in Steph. And um, that was the first person, first female, you know, relationship wise that I ever, that I ever prayed with and um, that I ever took the time to um, understand the, um, the need for um, a savior in the context of marriage. And um, so we started out right from that perspective um, and, um, I'm very thankful for that. Um, and, um, and we've, we've never surrendered that faith, uh, throughout the course of our, our years. If you're, if you're a strength finder fan, we both have belief in our top five and, and, uh, um, I, I believe that both of us are, are, are strongly convicted in our faith and, um, we don't waver. Um, now that's not to, don't take that as we never have challenge or there's not some, some seasons of life where we're like, Oh God, are you even working here? Um, that's natural for us. Um, I think it's natural for all of us, but, uh, I've never gotten to a place where I've said, you know what? Yeah, I know I gave my life to the Lord, but I, I just don't believe anymore. So we both have that, um, level, deep level of conviction. I'm very thankful for that too. So yeah, you just brought up Strength Finder. Mm-hmm. T- talk about that a little bit. So I've been involved in core values, and I talk about that a lot. But talk about Strength Finder for a minute. Yeah, well, being in this industry in the mental health world um, and coaching, I it's my my practice is a little little different than a traditional just psychotherapy practice. I I do a lot of coaching also. Um, and so I, I think pretty much every, uh, um, every assessment that's out there, I've participated in at some level, um, but disc and strength finder are two that I, that I, I really believe, um, can provide a lot of value for us. And, and, um, so when I, when I did the strength finder, it really, it opened my eyes and this was probably five years, six years ago when I, when I did it. It really opened my eyes to the concept of I don't necessarily need to go and make my weaknesses strong. I need to step into the strength that's God that's God's given me and continue to develop those strengths and build habits around those strengths um, and allow those to really it's it's you know as the tide goes up, all boats go up, right? It's like as I as I focus on my strengths, my, my limitations are going to have a tendency to rise with the, um, the focus that I'm putting in the strength area. And, um, so I, I recommend people do the strength finder if they have not, because it just provides a wealth of information of, of things where, um, for example, for Steph and I, there's some that are in her top five that are close to my bottom five. Um, well, if I'm putting it in the context of leadership, if I'm trying to take the lead on these, these areas that are just not strong for me, 
you know what? I need to drop back and I need to hand the ball off to my wife and allow her to take the lead in those areas. Um, and, and that will help us to be able to stay in our own lane, if you will, in marriage and, and really be the supportive participant spouse instead of the observing critic spouse. Um, and, um, so I, I encourage, um, whether, whether somebody listening is, is a single dad, a married dad, you know, whatever, whatever stage of life, <clears throat> I encourage, uh, uh, doing the assessment. It's great. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there on working on your strengths. So in America, our culture can tend to focus on improve your weaknesses, you know, look for your right. weaknesses, find them and improve on those. And I heard John Maxwell talk. And he's like, who cares if you're a two or a three and you work your butt off and you get all the way up to a four or five, what value are you bringing to the world? Right. right. For sure. For sure. Uh, speaking of John, John C. Maxwell, he's, uh, he's been one of my favorite authors over the years. What's your favorite John C. Maxwell book? Oh, 21, 21 laws of irrefutable leadership. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like the 15 invaluable laws of growth. Um, that's, that's one that's just, and I mean, if we've read enough John C. Maxwell books, you'll, you'll, you'll see different, different, uh, uh, Oh, I read that in another book and now it's in this book and it's in this book. And obviously yes. principles are principles. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I really love his style of, uh, um, the way that he articulates and, and, uh, Steph and I had the, uh, honor of with a group of people doing a one-year program with him where we were on a virtual with him. I think it was every two months. Uh, so six times that we were on virtuals with him throughout a year, and it was specific to, um, to our leadership. And, and, uh, that was a, that was a growth filled year. That was, uh, that was an awesome process. So, yeah, guys, if you haven't checked out John Maxwell or John C. Maxwell, check him out. He's got some really, really good stuff, mm -hmm. videos, groups, all kinds of wonderful things. And he's kind of looking at that next level, that legacy level, because he yeah. knows he's not long for the earth now. He's 70 something these days. And so he's like, I want to turn this over to the next people so they can, they can raise it up. So a close friend of mine is one of the top leaders in his organization. So it's really cool to get a peek behind the scenes from time to time at, at what's next and the growth that they have. So my buddy, he got to move recently down to Florida, close by John. Mm -hmm. Apparently pickleball is a big thing down there. And pickleball's something up here. It's getting bigger up here in Missouri. And uh, a different friend of mine sends him a book. He says, hey, you're getting into pickleball. So I, I got you the best book on pickleball that there is. And the guy who works for John Maxwell, he says, man, thank you so much for sending me this book that my pickleball coach wrote. <laughs> Love it. That's what you get in Florida. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you just get down there two weeks ago. He goes, I know. And I, I saw my guys that I'm hanging out with are playing pickleball. And if I want to be competitive, I figure I better hire the best coach in the world as quickly as I can. Cause I want to get good at it fast. Yeah, for sure. It's like, you haven't even unpacked yet. <laughs> That's awesome. Pri priorities. Right. For sure. Have you played pickleball? No, I never have yet. I will, I, I will soon. I will soon because so many people I know are starting to get into it. Yeah, it's it's grown uh, quite a bit here in the Kansas City area, uh, and uh, so yeah, I, I need to I need to go and play. I love to play tennis. I know it's not the same, but uh, um, if it's got a racket and a ball, I I would love to play it. So 
Yeah, absolutely. So kind of hanging out with people that are great at things, you get better at them too. So that was kind of the point of that story is if you decide you want to get good at something, go find somebody else that's great at it, become friends with them, hire them, whatever the case is, and you'll get better at, at that as well. For sure. I'm curious, you and Stephanie uh, have a 10 day challenge that you've done for couples. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. It's pretty simple. Uh, I was absolutely surprised that the videos that you have in the challenge are less than one minute long, mm-hmm. which is fantastic for, uh, for guys. It doesn't take all that long to get through it. You get the task. How yeah. did you and Stephanie put that together and uh, agree on 10 things and also be able to, to film a video and cohesively work together? Was, was there any difficulty in that or was it easy? It, it, it was pretty easy from a standpoint, both, both myself and my wife, um, we, we both like on our first date, we're like, we want to influence people. We want to impact people's lives. Um, so that particular, uh, 10 day challenge that you're talking about, I think it was maybe three years ago. Um, we were coming into, um, uh, we, we run a, uh, a marriage ministry out of our church here in Olathe, Kansas. And, and, um, we were going into, uh, Valentine's day. And I don't remember if Steph came up with the idea or if I came up with the idea, we, it was kind of mutual, but we we're like, Hey, let's, let's like do 10 days into Valentine's day to kind of help couples just maybe take that next step of intentionality of connection in their marriage. And um, so we, we kind of uh, um, we were, we were going through some devotionals and things of that nature. And, and I think one day I would let her pick. And then the next day um, I would pick what the topic was going to be. And we really didn't rehearse them from a standpoint. We were just like, hey, today let's talk about, um, you know, grace in the, in, the, in the context of marriage. Okay, perfect. You started out and I'll just add to it. Um, so we, we just uh, play off of each other like that. And um, so we put together those, those 10 days and it's, it's rough. It's an iPhone, you know, and I, I'm holding it up. But uh, um, the, uh, the point of it is getting that content out to, to folks and, and uh, you, you had mentioned fitlifestyleonline.com that we have, um, and we're, we're just getting ready to, to go into a, a season of producing uh, videos that are fit mind, fit body, fit spirit. Um, and uh, hold on one second here. I'll show you. Um, so, we, so we created fit mind, fit body, fit spirit. Um, these, uh, little coffee table books that are just little daily, daily nuggets that, uh, that we hope that provides encouragement to people. Um, and, um, so what we're going to do is I believe the sweet spot is that, you know, less than three minutes. Um, because I know for me, if it's just something extra, that's going to be added to my day. Um, if it takes me a long time, I may not, I may not make it a priority. So we're going to start communicating these these uh, different um, uh, topics on fit mind, fit body, fit spirit in three minutes or less, and uh, those are going to be um, uh, coming out through through different platforms. One of the platforms is Liftable TV, um, and um, we've got some other platforms that that uh, we may push those out to also. But then, obviously, on FitLifestyle.com, um, and they're just going to be daily encouragements. Um, there won't be a new one every day until we uh, get a backlog going of of production. You, you know what that's like getting production. Absolutely. But, uh, but we're excited to be able to, 
um, provide these. And again, it's kind of an all ages. Um, you know, my wife, she's, uh, she does, a um, exercise classes. She, she teaches exercise classes. She's a personal trainer. She's, um, a certified, uh, nutrition coach and things of that nature. So the fit body lane is just really like her lane. She loves it. Um, and, um, uh, and then obviously being in the mental health field, the fit mind is something that I, I have a passion for. And then we'll come together on the, on the fit spirit piece and, and provide that. But we hope it's an encouragement to, to couples, to, to dads, to moms, to kids, um, because the principles are, are, they're just principles, right? It's like character is character. And, and when we, when we really lean into, um, the character of Jesus and we, and we do our best to replicate that in our lives, um, well, guess what? We live a fit lifestyle, you know, it's fit mind, fit body, fit spirit. So, um, our desire is to be able to, uh, influence people's lives in that way. And, and, um, um, it's some of that kind of spawned from that 10 day of us just taking 10 days to do that. And we had so many good comments on, uh, on the, the, the quick content of one minute. Hey, I, it was easy for me to put that into my marriage today and it made a difference. Well, if we can do that in a, in a wholeness perspective, just with people's individual lives. Awesome. That's uh that's a desire of ours. So you mentioned these little one minute, three minute type deals, which are great. For some reason, it's making me think about um, a while back, my wife and I, I said, hey, what if it's God first, us second? I said, honey, from now on, I'm putting you second. Are you okay with that? Mm-hmm. And she's like, where's this coming from? Mm. Like, well, there's a book that's been around a long time. She starts laughing. But I was like, what if we changed how we thought about things and how we did things as a couple and as a family? And uh, at that time we we're having kids and getting started in that way. And she's like, seems like that'd be an okay way to live. Mm-hmm. seems like that's a recipe for success. And we started talking about that and then started doing some one minute, three minute, and then started mm-hmm. going that direction. Um, so I don't know, that's me giving advice there, but it seems like a, a great way to step into that. Granted, I didn't, I didn't plant that flag without doing some work. So it wasn't like I had, hadn't started, um, going on a spiritual journey myself and Mm -hmm. getting involved. And so it wasn't like, Hey, I had this idea 10 seconds ago. I'm planting a flag. Right. Yeah. Well, Dan, I'd even challenge your audience because I see that, um, that this is a, a topic that comes up, comes up. I'm, I'm here in my counseling office right now. It's a topic that comes up here quite a bit. Um, and I'll, I'll just challenge people with what are your top five priorities? And, um, and, and not, not from any other reference of just what's the first five things that come to your mind of your top five priorities. Um, and then after, after they kind of, you know, process through that and, and they kind of come up with their list and, and usually I'll get, man, that's a good question. I really haven't, really haven't thought about, you know, the structure of my priorities. Um, but then they'll usually ask me, Hey, what's, what's the priority set that you come from? And, and I'll, I'll say the same thing. It's like, if, and, and look at it in the greatest commandment, if we don't put our, our relationship with Christ first, um, I, I have to be, I, I, I say this jokingly, I say, I have to be second. Uh, and my wife has to be 2.5 <laughs> because um, if I'm, if I'm not taking that, 
that greatest commandment on personally, love God, love others as myself, the loving others, my wife's included in that. Um, so if I'm not loving me, not from a worldly standpoint, but from a embracing what God has for me and the love that he has for me, then I can give that to my spouse. There's the 2.5. Um, and then my children are third, my business is fourth, and then family and social is, is fifth. And it's baffling because how many times do we really see that that's the priority set that gets played out in people's lives? Now, that doesn't mean that, uh, um, you know, a child calls home from school and they're sick and you got to go get them and that becomes the number one priority, right? Right. Um, so it's not that, that it's like, oh, I'm sorry, you're going to have to be sick at school because I'm doing my devotional. No, it's not, it's not, that's not the case. But it's like, um, we have to have that overall perspective of kind of like the, the, the mask dropping from the, from the ceiling of the plane. It's like, if I don't put it on me, I can't, I can't help anybody else. But that mask represents the love of Jesus. And, and if I'm not embracing that, if I'm not living that out, I'm not going to be any good to my family. And uh, um, so hopefully uh, some of your audience will take the challenge of uh, what's the top five priorities. Just be honest with yourself um, and then take those other five priorities and see, hey, what, what can I adjust? What can I make um, as an adjustment in my life um, that uh, um, if I start taking intentional steps towards a different priority set, let's see what happens in life. My guess is it's going to be good. What have you seen some people do? Like of their priority set? Yeah, yeah. Well, most men are going to say, well, my job, because if I don't have money, I can't provide for my family. Yes, for right? sure. Right? Well, so I and can then, understand then you that. mentioned identity earlier, and oftentimes and, that's it. We can just stop right there. Exactly, exactly. Um, and that's not just picking on men, but usually men go there first before um, women do. But uh, um, and usually uh, women will say, well, you know, my number one priority is my kids. Yes. Well, I got news for you. They can't be your number one priority. Are they a priority? I'm not into child abuse or anything like that. Yes, they are. Um, but if, if I put them above the marriage, even I'm going to run into problems at some point in time, because guess what? Uh, in four years, my daughter goes off to college. In six years, my son goes off to college. It's going to be me and my wife. And if those kids have been the priority, if they've been the, the source of identity for my spouse or for me, we're in trouble. Because what do we have to, to, to base our relationship upon? Um, and uh, so usually those are the two go-tos, kids, work. So as a counselor, you obviously have an advantage to help wives discover this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Any tips for a husband to help their wives discover that? Uh, don't try to fix them. Um, fix yourself. Because if I fix my priorities, guess what? Just like our parenting um, behavior is caught, not taught uh, in our marriage, it's caught, not taught. And uh, so if I'm, if I'm going to be the example, um, I'm going to influence and I'm going to inspire not only my spouse, but my kids. So I'm going to throw you a curveball. You're talking Valentine's Day. Yeah. Got any best practices for Valentine's Day? Don't buy into the commercialism. <laughs> That's one I hear a lot. You love, not not love necessarily from people, but just I hear that from guys out there in general. I, yeah. And in, in might add to it. I hate the commercial holiday. Like it, yeah. it makes me mad. 
Yeah, love love your wife the other 364 days of the year. I hear that one all the time from guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I'm not, I mean, I, I, I'm going to, I do something for my, for my wife on Valentine's day. We'll go out to dinner. We'll do something special, but um, we committed from day one when we said, I do that we will not surrender date night. So um, I challenge people with this quite a bit and, you know, every excuse in the world, well, we don't have babysitting, uh, we don't have the money. We don't have, you know, time and money. You know, it's like uh, th- those are the two big excuses. Um, and uh, but we we set in stone, hey, we're going to date even when our kids come along. And no joke, we had Kylie on a Sunday, and that Friday we went on a, we went on a date. Awesome. Well, now we we had family real close and and family that we trusted, you know, to to take care of the kids and uh, things of that nature. But it's, it kicked in right then. I mean, cause we dated all the time when we were, you know, pre-kids. Um, and, uh, but we have Saturday nights is our date night and Friday night is our family date night. And it's a little more challenging now that we have a high schooler and there's sports and stuff like that on Friday nights. So it sometimes gets in the way. Um, but we stay really consistent with dating every week. Um, nothing wrong with dating on Valentine's day, but date every week date and, and a date doesn't have to be some elaborate weekend away. Um, a date could literally be, Hey, we're going to go, Hey, it's the season, right? Almost Christmas, good Christmas shopping together. Or, um, or, uh, uh, I, I leave that to my wife, by the way, she, she does much better on the Christmas shopping, but, uh, so if that's not your thing, that's no problem, but there's nights where we, um, we'll go to Sam's club and we'll walk around. Yeah. yeah. And we're not really buying anything. We're just kids are with the, with grandma and, and, um, or they're old enough now they can take care of themselves and we're just out having fun. And, uh, so why wouldn't I do that every week? Um, I go to work every day. I make that a priority. Can I make my marriage a priority? Can I make my time with, with my kids as a family unit, a priority, even if it's once a week, uh, guys, come on, throw the excuses out, make it happen. Yeah. I love, love that. Love dating your wife, whether it be an evening, whether it be a lunch, whether it be, Hey, you want to wake up early tomorrow morning and have coffee together and hang out before the kids get up, but find a way to, to have time with your wife. So on, on the Valentine's day, is it a mandatory requirement to take your wife out, buy her flowers and chocolate? I think it's the, I think it depends on, on the woman, quite honestly. Uh, my wife, she loves, she loves that sort of stuff. She's, She's like, uh, she, she loves flowers and yeah, buy her chocolate. I'm not going to be speaking her language. Um, if I get some flowers, which I don't just do on Valentine's day. Um, and it doesn't have to be two dozen roses. It's, uh, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be jewelry. It doesn't have to be things of that nature. Um, most importantly is the time that we spend together. Um, and, uh, again, back to that identity, purpose, security, and acceptance. I can't be those things. Do- dozen roses is not going to be those things. A box of chocolate is not going to be those things. Um, but God puts me in charge of reinforcing those things with my spouse. So I can reinforce the security of our marriage by carving out an evening to say, Hey, you know what? I want to take you out and let's have dinner or let's uh, go to a movie or whatever it may be something that's of interest, but uh, um, not to discount the fact that some people's love language is you know, gifts and they, they do really love getting a dozen roses or, 
or candy or or a piece of jewelry or something like that. But uh, so ultimately, it comes down to knowing your wife, knowing what speaks to her, and uh, and fulfilling that. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned the flower thing. I was talking to a guy earlier today, and he's like, "Hey, you know, I really pay attention to the finances and." I just don't see buying flowers for my wife that die in two or three days. Like that just does not seem like a good investment. And he kept talking and he's been married a while and he goes, yeah. but you know, my wife really loves it. Yeah. And so I've been buying her flowers a couple of times a month now for a while. Good. I still don't agree with it. However, it sure makes her happy. Would you rather be right or have a relationship? Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> And we were talking, I'm like, does she care about the $5 flowers or the $40 flowers? He goes, she told me I could go pick daisies off the roadside as long as I didn't bring them back with ants on it. Yeah, right. Yes. And my my wife is is very similar. Um, I mentioned Sam's Club. It's like I, I kind of, I'm the go and get the stuff from Sam's Club and she does the traditional grocery shopping. And Sam's Club flowers last forever. And I'll pick them <laughs> up in there. And she loves it. She loves it. And, you know, 10 bucks, uh, if we can't, if we can't throw 10 to 20 bucks at our marriage, uh, a couple of times a month, well, our priorities, maybe we need to go back to those. So my Valentine's thoughts are expectations. Mm. So what are your wife's expectations? What are your expectations? Mm -hmm. Uh, the guys I talked to that when I ask them about Valentine's that are a little bit grumpy and commercial and I'm yeah. 365 days a week or a year loving my wife. Oh, cool. What was the last like awesome action that you did that your wife felt loved by you? And they mm -hmm. cock their head sideways and look like, what are you talking about? Like, and I, I almost feel like the next thing out of their mouth is I remember when we got married, I told her I loved her and I meant it. Yeah. Right. Like, where's the follow through? Like you yeah. said, 365, you love your wife and intentionally do things. And you can't remember the last thing that you intentionally did. Right. So I'm like, is your marriage kind of loving your wife an accident? Like things that just happen along the way and you don't plan anything. So that's my advice about Valentine's day is mm -hmm. look at that day. It's on the calendar every year, mm -hmm. whether it's a commercial holiday or not, doesn't matter. But mm -hmm. as you said, find out what your wife really loves and how she feels loved and come up with some type of plan. So if it's dinner and you hate the 14th, how busy it is and everything else, quick, quick side note, my wife's like, Hey, it's Valentine's. we got to go to dinner. And it was a Saturday night in addition to, and I was like, I'm willing, but it might be brutal, but I'm willing. And so yeah. we went out, we went out to a restaurant and it was like two and a half hours before our food showed up. We were sat like within 30 minutes, but then we sat there for about two hours before our food showed up and we had our kids with us. My, my wife's like, let's bring the kids. Okay, great. I'm like, how'd this work out for us? Yeah, right. <laughs> Sunday would have been a great choice. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> that's our, after church. that's our normal move is to come up with a plan and then figure yeah. it out. But for whatever reason, we'd already done like the Valentine's thing and there's yeah. Valentine's day. And she's like, no, no, we got to do it. Like, all right, let's go. But, you know, prior to us, it's probably going to be a train wreck from a staffing standpoint. And it was. And so we ended up just laughing about it and having fun. And it's like a, a crazy memory that, that yeah. we kind of finally enjoy and can't believe the train wreck that happened in front of our eyes that night. But uh, uh, regardless of what your thoughts are about 
Valentine's, come up with a plan, find out a way to love your wife in a way where she feels loved and execute on it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's an kind of an, an annual holiday for you to think, what have I done for my wife this year? Sure. I've sure. done 95 things. Good for you. Yeah. Hmm. I did give her a Christmas gift. Okay. And huh, I probably should do some more things, you know, so it's a good annual checkup is one way that I look at it as well. So, uh, you know, birthdays obviously, and, but these holidays that we have are kind of measuring posts so that we can reflect and also look forward and, and have a good plan and talk about things and just be intentional with stuff. So, you know, I love letter writing. So mm -hmm. that could be a simple thing that most women, most husbands love getting that handmade gift or that, you know, personal touch to it. So, yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, and there's always a 10 day challenge. You can back up 10 days from Valentine's day and do it. Yeah, absolutely. Like what wife wouldn't love a husband saying, Hey, I'd love to get to know you better and love to love you better. Mm -hmm. This quick little 10 day challenge. So is that also on the, on the website? Yeah, it's on fitlifestyleonline.com. Okay, perfect. I already did it, guys. It's a really cool challenge. It's a, a super easy to, to run right through. And the challenges don't take all that long for you to do either. So that's something, as you, you guys all know, we love to do at the end of an episode is we always love to have a challenge. Mm -hmm. So Brian, before we get out of here, have you got any other things that you want to add for the guys in the group? And then I'll hit you up for a challenge. Also, like I hit up all of our guests. No, nothing really to add other than, yeah, I mean, we've said it a couple of times. It's just the intentionality. That's why you'll see on fitlifestyleonline.com, we have the intentional marriage. That's our marriage ministry. Um, and it's named that because about 10 years ago, 12 years ago, um, God just really downloaded that word to me of, of intentionality. And, and um, so I, uh, I like to lead with that. I mean, just honestly, there's times that I'm not intentional. <laughs> and, uh, and that's a good reminder that there's times that I really need to be intentional. So um, we, we attempt to be as intentional as, as we know to be with the day that God's given us. Um, and uh, I believe if we do that, um, you know, his will is going to be worked out in our life and it's going to be good. So uh, just be intentional. How, how do you and Stephanie keep that? Honestly, teaching, um, doing marriage ministry uh, really forces us to do the same thing, right? Um, so as we're preparing something for a group that we may be leading at the church, well, we're, we're not really ones that like to go in um, without a personal testimony, a personal story of, um, of how we've seen that take place in our life. So we just pick things that are already going on in our life. Um, and, um, we process through them and we say, let's present these, these things and we can give our story. Hey, you know what? Yesterday I really blew it as a husband and, and, uh, this is how it went. And, and, uh, I really, you know, from my wife's perspective, it, it, it was, uh, it was not very loving to her and, and this is how she felt about it, you know, and, and it's just that, that openness and, and that's what we attend uh, to, uh, attempt to achieve with the things that we put out is we just, we just want to we don't have it all together. We don't have it, you know, all perfected. We don't know it all. Um, but guess what? We're on a journey. You're on a journey and, uh, let's, let's journey together. And, um, if we can't do that, um, 
then we're not going to, to grow or learn ourselves. But if we'll jump in with others and we'll, and we'll wrestle with these sort of things, the win-win happens. We all grow. Fantastic. Can you throw a challenge out there for the guys, something they can execute from this week to next week before the next podcast comes out? Yes. So um, pick one area of your life personally that you say, this is an area that I really need to focus some growth in mentally, emotionally, physically, or spiritually, or you could slim it down, fit mind, fit body, fit spirit. Um, Financially set that off to the side. Um, That's, that's, I consider that the spare tire of the car. And I consider the four tires, mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual, which one of those four areas do I need to grow in? And along with the analogy, if, it, if they are tires that are pumped up on the car, which one's almost flat? Pick one thing in that area that I can improve upon and do it once a day. Consistency. Consistency, right. Sounds like a good one. Sounds like a really good one. And that's, that's uh, you know, we can't help but to grow when we do those sort of things. So to wrap it up, what's a, what's a good way for guys to connect with, connect with you? Uh, uh, through the website, or, I mean, quite honestly, uh, my, my counseling website is my last name, which you got it right, venery.com, V-I-G-N-E-R-Y.com. Um, you can get a hold of me there. Uh, you can get a hold of me on social media. The fortunate thing about having a unique last name, I'm not hard to track down. Uh, so any social media platform, um, and, uh, um, connect with me, shoot me a message. I manage all of them. I monitor, monitor all of them. So if I get a message from one of them, I'm going to see it. And, um, so, uh, and, and I encourage just if it's, if it's a, uh, Hey, I got a question, shoot me a message. I'm, I'm happy to process it with you. Um, and, um, so my motto is, uh, God's given me a purpose to, to influence, inspire, and impact other people. And um, if I'm not connecting with them, I can't do that. So connect with me. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you offering that for everybody in the group. And uh, I just love knowing you online. And now this last week, connecting with you, you know, on the phone and on Zoom. So thank okay. you so much, Brian. And guys, if you had any questions or, or want me to help you with anything, uh, same thing, social media, and then I don't throw it out there very often, but my email address is the Christian dad podcast dot or the Christian dad podcast at gmail.com, the Christian dad podcast at gmail.com. So easy email or, or hit me up on social media, but guys, this one's been a great one. And one thing I love is I ask him about his daughter and how he's led her to where she's at being 14 and in a pretty good position. And instead of answering with some parenting stuff, he says, because I gave my life to the Lord before marriage is where it all started. So if you're having troubles, look to the Lord, look to other guys to help, help you on your journey, because through the word, through other guys, we can help each other uh, get to know Christ better. And once we get there, life gets so much better. Amen. Amen. So thank you very much, Brian. Appreciate your time. And guys, I'm looking forward to you just leaning in and uh, connect with Brian, connect with me, uh, throw your reviews on, uh, on the podcast and uh, appreciate it a bunch. Catch you guys later. Thanks, Dan. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Journey of a Christian Dad podcast. Thank you guys for being a light. Shine that light out and let others see it. With you guys, part of this community, it helps me be accountable to you guys. It helps me be accountable to myself, be accountable to God and Jesus. I hope you appreciated this episode and picked up some great things. I hope you like the challenge and hope you can execute on that challenge this week. I ask of you, please subscribe, share the show with others. Join us inside of the Journey of a Christian Dad on Facebook, inside our private community. Share that community with others. Have your buddies join. Have other dads that are looking to grow in their faith, grow as spiritual leaders of their family. As we engage in our journey and be intentional with it, we can help others grow theirs as well. We thank you again for listening. We thank you for all your reviews. Look forward to reading a review of yours on a future show. So, dear God, Thanks for blessing all of us, and thanks for drawing us closer to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Have fun, guys.